0: Why building a geodesic dome might be the best structure to start your glamping business. How to buy and where to buy the best geodesic domes currently available on the market right now. How to choose if you should start a more luxurious or a more rustic glamping business. Setting up a wedding venue on your glamp site. Worries that you get right before launching your new glamping business. Dealing with unruly neighbors that you do not see eye to eye with wasting money early on with stupid mistakes and most importantly exactly how to reach out to the town and local authorities to get your glamping business permitted so it's fully legal those are the things you're going to learn in today's special episode of the keep it tiny podcast in today's episode i have the owner of the first and only geodesic dome in houston texas he's going to be chatting with us telling us all the info that he's learned so far about the ins and outs of domes but he's also going to be telling us exactly how he picked which township to run and start his glamping business in he made some really smart decisions along the way he reached out to local authorities and townships perfectly. He steered away from local towns that he knew would be more difficult for him to get the proper permitting in place. And most importantly, he's gonna teach us exactly how he did that. So that way you can learn how to do it and start your own glamping business if that's something that you're interested in. My name is JS Bronce, and this is the Keep It Tiny podcast. As always, I just have one special request. Please help the channel out by liking the video, leaving a comment, and let me know if you want to see more of these type of interviews. By liking the video and leaving comments, it makes it very easy for me to persuade these industry experts to come on the channel and give us their info. With that being said, let's get into today's show. Why a Dome? Like, so you're a DJ who's launched a glamp site. And you just finished building a dome but why did you pick that structure out of because there's so many different glamping structures that one could choose
1: yeah um so it that that was definitely overwhelming when i was really starting to dive in i've been researching this project for a couple years now and when i finally landed on a dome a few of the things that became you know i thought it was unique enough that it stood out a lot in pictures that was one thing that you know i have a marketing background as well too so I knew that you know the better the more eye catching the product is for something like this the mm-hmm. better it's going to be off top. So I after I started going through and I figured out first I started with do I want to do off grid or on grid which was mm-hmm. kind of dictating where I was going to go either way. I pretty quickly decided that off grid wasn't for me personally cuz I didn't want to deal with a compost toilet and some other things like that. So mm-hmm. I knew it was going to be a little more but I knew what I wanted to I, I I figured out my plan for where I was trying to go in in with the site and I knew utilities was going to have to be included. So I just started going that way. I went between a, you know, a yurt. I went bet- between your shipping containers. There actually is even, you know, I'm, I'm really in a kind of rural, rural, that's always a tough word to say area of uh, Houston. And there's not many mm-hmm. good contractors out here, but there's actually a company not far from here that builds a lot of shipping containers for Texas. Um, that's oh, wow. about 15, 20 minutes. So I went okay. and saw his and almost went that route, but I, I saw a lot of shipping containers. There was way more competition for shipping containers about 30, 45 minutes away from me. Um, There's no domes in my area. I'm actually the first geodesic dome in Houston in this, you know, the third largest city in America. Um, So I I knew that that was one thing that I really wanted to do. And there's also a yurt that's about 30 minutes away. The other thing that I knew was going to be easy is uh, after research, I I landed on Pacific Domes is who I used uh, for my dome. And they had a really good plan to get uh, architectural plans stamped mm-hmm. by you know a licensed architect, and that helped me get my permit uh, like tremendously. Even even the county engineer um, who I've I've kind of built a friendship with working on my site, he even mentioned he was like, yeah, that that you know the plans I sent in were like above and beyond what they normally get in this area. So it made it it cool. made it really simple and peace of mind how they you know because they didn't know what the structure was, but uh, you know, having having that professionalism with all these plans stamped out and and all this to show is was really easy to get it going forward.
0: Cool. And then um how easy because I know that uh Pacific Domes and a lot of these companies, uh, and even the the A-frame that I built, um, the marketing materials made it look like I was gonna like crack beers and laugh with my friends the whole time. <laughs> Uh, yeah. when in reality it was like much more difficult. So can you let me know, uh, how difficult it was for you guys to build? I know there's that awesome video on your channel that I saw. Um, but how difficult was it for, um, you to build and was it as difficult as you expected? Was it more difficult, less difficult because you built it yourself. Sure. Sure. Yeah, no,
1: I, I did see your videos and it was, uh, felt felt your struggle. So, mm-hmm. um, I will give Pacific domes this, they have an extremely well-made product. And they've been doing it for a long time, so they've they've they figured out a lot of nuances that that go with it. So building was they they say it would be one day with three to four people. Um, it took us two days with three to four people, and there was there was a lot of tricks we learned after that first one. If I if I built a second dome right now, me and my mm-hmm. friends like joke about this all the time. Like if we built a second dome right now, we would crush it because we learned so much that first time. And yeah. Pacific domes. Was Their customer service was great, too. Um, I will give them that because anytime I called or questions, they were giving me some tips and tricks. I had a really hard, really, really, really hard time getting the bay window up. But getting the cover over the structure was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Yeah, And then uh, putting the bay window on after because of how just impermeable, you know, how much it doesn't Mm -hmm. move ever depending on the temperature that was extremely tough but they had some really good tips they were they had me use a a, a blow dryer on it cuz heat kind of expands it some so i was able to finally zip it in and um it was it was hard but for you know what it is it's pretty amazing that me and three of my you know knucklehead friends could build it mm-hmm. cuz we're we're a little bit handy but by far not you know not anything at you know that that we've built a lot of houses or anything like that so um it was definitely a little harder than i expected my contractors that I've used, built, did a lot of the plumbing and, and, you know, all the the licensing components that we really needed, but they didn't even want to touch the dome because of, you know, insurance and liability reasons, which I understood, mm-hmm. which I understood. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a little harder than I expected, but for what it is and, you know, for the ROI that it could bring me in uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with how it's put together and, and how it comes together when you actually do it. So you need, you need, you need some people with some energy, but I feel like there's a lot of people out there that can make it happen.
0: Okay, and then to play devil's advocate, are you nervous about having a dome? Um, just because there's certain things like uh, mold, wind, puncturing things like that, that you know? Because I think every building has its own pros and its own cons. Um, you know, like I, I have my share of opinions on a frames and uh, 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 all different types of tiny homes. So, can you let me know about those downsides and and you know, kind of are you worried about that?
1: Um, yeah, so um, definitely, I'm not necessarily worried because there's a lot of things I could be worried about. but I've actually one thing I've done that really has helped me a lot is I've actually reached out to a couple different people that I've seen build very similar structures or use specific domes. A couple mm-hmm. of them I even paid paid for consultations and asked them a lot of questions that I knew only people that have built domes would be able to answer, like nuances about I had a a little issue with um some bugs like uh, they call them. Asian lady beetles or something like that that we're getting in, okay. and somebody helped me solve that. I had another person that told me his his best tips for how he cleans the domes and how often mm-hmm. he does it. And Pacific Domes provided a lot of that as well. Um, the the thing it's built like a tank. Wind or anything like that. Okay. We're not in. I'm I'm not in a super high wind area. The the weather over here is actually pretty even. Honestly, heat is the main thing I have to deal with because it just gets hot in the summer, and then. Uh, dealing with the, the moisture from the humidity, which would come a lot with just just cleaning it pretty easily with, you know, simple soap and water solutions and like car, car wash brushes um, puncturing. I'm um, I would be a little worried about the windows, uh, the window just from some people uh, messing with it. But my place, I'm having no no pets. And um, it's really going to be kind of sp- more specific to couples. Um, you know, it's only going to have one queen bed and it's four hundred twenty six square feet. Um, and we kind of made it more luxurious like that because we're not really marketing to families or anything uh, that, you know, we're kind of more marketing to only people. Three is the most we're going to be able to allow in it. So there will be possibilities of being able to have, um, you know, some chances that it could get messed up. But this is one of the things I'm willing to take. I, I, I'm going to have some different uh, insurance coverages on them that will kind of help with that. And it's a risk I was just kind of willing to take for the, you know, the it's a risk first reward thing that I was willing to sacrifice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And there's a risk-versus-reward with every type of structure, you know what I mean? Um, So I I definitely get that. Taking a step back, though, and going from to the to the top of what you're thinking about doing, you're starting a glamping business. Like that's no easy endeavor. Um, and you have a uh, hospitality experience or, or degree. So so it's not like you're starting from zero, but um, this is definitely a new thing. So can you let me know kind of what was step one for you and like what advice would you have for people that are looking to start a glamping business?
1: So yes, absolutely. Um, my My biggest advice is figure out your end goal with whatever you're going to do with that property, because whoever you're dealing with in your county is most likely going to want to know that going into it. I may have, um, I may have not, it's not that I hid anything. It's just I didn't probably tell the county fully where I was going with it. And as of recent in the past month or two, uh, cause I eventually want to put a wedding venue on this site too, as well. And so they, they kind of asked me, I sat down with the County commissioner and he said like, what is your end goal fully with this? And by then I already knew it and I had been researching it and figuring out for a long time that I knew I was going to need a, a a couple. You know, I knew I wanted three sites. I knew I needed mm-hmm. a certain amount of acreage that was going to probably kind of work from it. Um, I just kept I kept looking at properties before I really jumped the gun on anything to figure out, you know, get in my mind like, hey, am I going to end up wanting, you know, 10 camping sites? Do I want, you know, two more isolated sites that are, you know, I, that I can raise the rent, on you know, raise the date nightly mm-hmm. rent on them? because they're more isolated. It may not cash flow as much as, you know, cramming seven on one site, but your county may not, may not even let you do that. And also, you know, there's a, you have more uh, traffic coming through in and out of it and there's more risk that way. You know, you, you deal with less guests, especially if you're a small operation. If you're not trying to build some big, you know, big, massive team operation, it may be, you, you may not want to, bite into eight or nine sites on, you know, a few acres like that, because that could get pretty overwhelming very quickly. There's a lot of customer service that goes on with this process that people Mm -hmm. aren't going to realize too. Um, So I think the main thing is know your end goal as much as you can. Don't, you know, don't try to say, oh, I'll just put one on and kind of see it and build it up from there. No, figure out like, okay, I'd rather have you know, uh, a small event center and three small sites. And then you can start to really envision it. Even if you don't have that budget to get there, uh, anytime soon, you need to know that end goal. That way you can work backwards and your County will be a lot, you know, be able to work with you much easier. If you're able to kind of explain what are, you know, what are the phases that you're looking to do with it? Cause they're going to start getting involved. The bigger you get your site, the more involved mm-hmm. they're going to get. There's, there's no way around it. If you have one small site, you can probably kind of skirt around it and they'll they'll probably work with you and make it happen but the second you start hitting second, third, all these like that, there's going to be ADA compliance issues you're going to run into. That's one thing I'm dealing with right now because one of, you know, these structures, a lot of them are not ADA compliant and mm-hmm. technically every new construction is supposed to be ADA compliant if it's considered commercial. So there's there's a lot of nuance that people don't really expect and they run into them because I even ran into them uh, slightly myself, I didn't ever the ADA compliance thing to even come up because my, my brain just never even thought that that would be, you know, thought to go in yeah. that direction. I, and I never, you don't know what you don't know. And so mm-hmm. it's something that can be remedied through a few different, you know, means and stuff too. But there, there's a lot of things that you can look into in your county. I, if I would have looked more into it with my county early on, they would have probably gave me a heads up and I might've switched on how I did some different things. So um, but overall, like I still uh, have the exact route that I'm looking for. I'm just having to change change a couple things and maybe you know the timeline of different things just to do some different compliance issues with commercial structures. But it's going to enhance the value of the property so much that I'm I'm all for it. So
0: um, yeah. Uh, and talking about the property, what property are you on? Um, did you purchase this property just to set up this glamp site? And how many acres is it? And talk to me about that process of buying land and setting things up from like a raw land or maybe a semi-raw land perspective sure um so
1: i'm I'm actually i've been a real estate agent for about six years in in houston i don't use it too much like i you know i I do a lot of in my own investing i've i had a few condos before an airbnb flip some houses things like that but when i finally the market slowed down a lot in Houston. A lot of corporate money started coming into the condos, so all my condos pretty much were barely breaking even. It was one of those things like, all right, I, I need to figure out where's my next pivot to. So I I listen to Bigger Pockets pretty much religiously. It's one of my favorite podcasts ever, and uh, they always preach, you know, about fi- and uh, preach about getting owner occupied loans at the five percent down, and that's kind of how I got my first place. Rolled a lot of different things in it. You you technically only have to live in it for one year and reside mm-hmm. in it before you can make income off of it. Um, I still live in the property. I have a, a house at the front of the property. I have 10 acres. I bought it okay. with a l- low down payment option through a conventional loan. Um, and I lived in it for a year, kind of was starting to, you know, I knew what I was going to do with it. I was still, I was traveling DJing and things like that. So I was kind of getting some things in line and slowly building up the site, but I knew once I hit that year mark, I was going to be able to start getting things rented out. I could rent out the house if I wanted to. And that's when I really started to take the process even forward. And I was slowly, you know, I had to get permits for my electric uh, that only came once the house is built. You have to get permits for your septic that usually come after the house is built. But I did, mm-hmm. I was able to get a well put in pretty quickly. You can get those, you know, I got mine. It was quoted at $15,000 and I was able to get it for $12,000 luckily with a permit put out in the middle of the property that's going to feed a couple of my other ones. And Mm -hmm. and I was also able to start the road work. A lot of the, you know, those are, and tree work and other things like that. Those are expenses that people aren't going to think about, especially getting power lines. You know, the power company is is really cool out here. The guy, um, he came out a couple of times. He was kind of giving me some insight on what trees I need to cut and how the overhang needs, I mean, the overhead needs to be. And so Mm -hmm. I started that work, started the road work, started the well, um, all those things like that, that I knew were going to be a lot of cash up front. A lot of those are cash businesses or only are, you know, like you can't put them on low interest credit cards and things like yeah. that. So I, I kind of started that route for the first year and I was working my job, still building up my income. And, uh, at the same time getting all those things out the way, cause I, I, I knew that the, they were going to be expensive, but road work is way more expensive than people <laughs> expect. I, yeah. and then also the other thing is I started the road work really early and I'm glad I did. But a whole bunch, you know, rain has came a lot this year and it showed me spots that are vulnerable to the washouts. My, you know, my dirt guy, he can kind of tell from looking at the lay of the land. But there's I just had to do some more dirt work and put a culvert in because over time I've seen where the erosion is happening on my road. And that's one mm-hmm. thing I did. not I visited a lot of geo sites and glamping sites. And the ones that have the terrible roads are, are really tough to deal with. And I, mm-hmm. I didn't want my site to be like that, where you have to rent a truck to just go out there. Like there was a few I had to do that. And mm-hmm. that, that's tough because you, you're cutting off a lot of your market. You're, you're already making it more expensive for them, making them add another step to come out to your area when there's tons of places to pick. You know, mm-hmm. you, you're, you're working against a lot of elements if you keep adding on things that, you know, it's already hard getting people into your door if you don't know a lot of these nuances of marketing and if if you're cutting yourself off just because people need to rent a jeep or something, then that that was one thing I didn't want to have to deal with. So,
0: yo, what's up? This is JS Brons. We're going to get right back into today's conversation. I just quickly wanted to talk to you about the Keep It Tiny Club. If you are serious about starting a unique short-term rental or glamping business this year, then this is the club for you. If you're interested in networking with other people who are serious online live events, Q&As with industry experts, sharing information, and hey, maybe even having a direct one-on-one conversation with me, then check out www.keepittinyclub.com to learn more. But hurry up because we're having a ton of virtual online live events happening all the time and I don't want you guys to miss out. Yeah, so it seems like this was a large cash endeavor and I always tell people there's a couple different ways to do glamping businesses. I mean, you can have that like full-on luxury, the semi-luxury. Um, and then, you know, there is a space for just a tent out in the woods. Like that That exists and, and you know, there's people on various different ends of the spectrum to come and stay at these different places. But it seems like you're positioning yourself as one of the higher end type of stays. Um, why did you choose that? And how much have you allotted towards setting this up? Because the I always tell people, when you go higher end, you spend higher end. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, I, I, like I said, I weighed a lot of options between off-grid, on-grid. Um, even in the end, you know, there's a, I've, I've stated a lot of off-grid sites. I, you know, I did a lot of research before I, I went into this, because I wanted to see what I like and what I didn't. And if you have the time, energy, stomach, and all that for compost toilets and all that, they've came a long way. I'll give them that. It wasn't necessarily for me after my research. Um, so I knew, I was like, okay, I have to get somebody to manage it or something mm-hmm. like that, because it's just not going to be something I want to deal with. So you're already upping the cost a lot more. Um and uh, you, you know, I knew I didn't want a lot of sites. And so I, I really wanted to get as much of a premium as I could. And I did have I did have some cash to dispose up front. That was a thing too mm-hmm. that made it a little easier. I could have set up a, you know, went a little smaller and set up a couple of different sites, but I, I wanted to I wanted to give as high end of a luxury feel as, as I wanted because I knew my final goal was going to be a wedding venue. That this could be mm-hmm. possibly something that you know there, there's only going to be a couple sites so we're, we're thinking luxury throughout the whole thing you know um we didn't want a whole bunch of sites and so i knew that putting the more money up front would allow the infrastructure to go not only tie into this site but i can tie it into my next site a lot easier tie it into the wedding venue a lot easier that that i'm building on this property because every time you do off-grids expensive too a lot of people yeah think that it's 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 definitely cheaper than on grid, but there's a lot of components to it between solar. How you're gonna get the water up there? You're gonna have to get water delivery if you don't get a te- like a well. Uh, you know, different things like that 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 go into play with it. So I, I started weighing just opportunity cost versus what I knew the ROI could be. Um, mm-hmm. and I knew I would just be able to get so much more of a you know I, I had the vision for it and knew that because I had the cash up front. There are some things that I was able to finance like luckily i found a flooring company that allows a flooring tile company that did all my work that finally Mm -hmm. finance it for 10 years um for a very low interest like different i did a lot of research to find out where i could finance some things that i knew within you know that were still in the budget i wasn't over leveraging myself but at the same time whatever cash i could keep back is you know is still going to be extremely valuable and building it up and i'll also be able to just have the one site that I focus on at first, because I've done condos and done all that stuff too. But this is still a little new to me, even with a hospitality degree, I want to make sure that everything goes absolutely perfect as much as I, you know, much as you can in a, you know, in a short-term rental business that there, you know, everybody is just super satisfied that I'm not having, you know, five or six sites that I'm trying to figure out on and who needs this and getting my cleaner to this one. Cause it's hard to find good cleaners out here too. Yeah. I've, I've interviewed quite a few when you're out in this far in the country of things. I've interviewed a few and had one that, that is a like my official one, but she would be very hard pressed to try to clean six different sites in one time and do all that. Yeah. Like just having the couple sites that I'm going to have is going to keep her busy and maybe bring on an extra one to the point where I'm able to possibly, you know, bring them on as employees or something like that. So.
0: Okay. Okay. And, um, when you, you you haven't launched just yet, right? Yeah, m- March first we are. Yep. Okay. And uh, what do you think? Uh, like, what are you nervous about when it comes to launch? And what are you the most like? You know, what this aspect of it? We got this. Um, I would just say,
1: uh, I think you know, just the logistics of everything, and and just uh, dealing with you know, cause it's, it's, it's really new to me too. Like I'm going to, I hope to like, you know, stay in it for about a, a week or two, you know, just to get all any kinks and figure out what mm-hmm. nuances there are to it. You know, everybody, every, every, like said, I've been a real estate agent. I know even new builds have tons of things that are, you know, on the inspection report when they come from some of the mm-hmm. best home builders out there. So, uh, I'm a little nervous, I'd say about just making sure the house is completely functioning and people understand, you know, this, like how some of the elements are, but, At the same time, I'm mitigating a lot of that risk because I do live on site and will be for a lot of, you know, for the first few months at least. And, you know, depending on how the project goes. And then the thing that I'm very confident in is just uh, my area and then just the aesthetic and and how we made the dome look. Marketing wise, it's going to be it's going to be probably one of the easiest things I've ever had to market. Just with Mm -hmm. my ideas that I know, my marketing background, just because I said the product is so good. I I Mm -hmm. know that we nailed it on. We're the first dome out here. I know we're in a huge market, but and we're between a national forest and one of the biggest lakes in Texas. I, I nailed all the logistics of that. Of like getting people into it is going to be, you know, is. It's going to be, I don't want to say relatively easy because none of that's easy, but it's one thing that I'm confident in, but then making sure that everything works as, as a, my vision does. And, you know, guests are kind of understanding how things work because I'm a little worried about, you know, the cooling during the summer because it gets so hot in Houston. I have a, a mm-hmm. mini, a two ton mini split in there and I have a really good 8 you know, AC guy, but, and then I'm a little nervous that it's going to be so hot in there. And because mm-hmm. I didn't get the, I didn't get the liner for the dome on the inside because the thing, the liner is $20,000. It's, it's a more than the dome. I know. Yeah. I, it's something I might, but it's you know, there's it's just there's nuances like that that I've never lived in a dome and never mm-hmm. had multiple people stay in there for short term rentals. And so yeah. I, I'm just I'm just hoping that it is uh as relaxing and is as easy going as I as I want it to be.
0: Yeah. So so during the prep, um is there anything now with the knowledge that you know like if you were going back to restart it all like what would you tell yourself like would like hey hey bro you you didn't you didn't think about this or like this is going to be a bigger problem than you thought it would be
1: yeah um so I wish, so uh, there's probably like 3 or 4 I would rattle off um, mm-hmm. even so and I don't know if there's if it hurt at all my neighbors not far away from here. you can't see them at all but they they have more dogs than i expected so there's definitely okay. some barking here and there uh-huh. um so you need to, and, and we got tricked. I was on the property multiple times. I never heard one dog bark. It seemed like mm-hmm. the second I moved in, they yeah. kept spawning up out. and up. And I love dogs too. That Yeah. That's, that, that's the issue. So I love dogs, but there's some dog barking here and there. And I've talked to my neighbor. Um, we don't see eye to eye on the issue. And it, you know, it, it's one of those things that, that I wish I would have done a little more due diligence on, on the neighbor situation. It's probably my only yep. thing I regret about, where i bought how i bought when i bought all those things um but it's still it's something workable i have plenty of solutions and there's plenty of things mm-hmm. that i could do with that i wish i would have worked with the county a little more early on like fully um like especially i'm working with the county commissioner now i wish i would have tried to you know it, it, it's, it's just the process i wish i would have tried to been a little more apparent of that and then mm-hmm. uh i wish i wouldn't have I wish I wouldn't have bought some of the things I bought so quickly uh, yep. or made this. And I saw your video too, a couple of days ago and uh, I think it was yeah. one of the things you said in there. And I was laughing because I was like, that's just, like, I bought some things because when we designed the dome, there was a few things we added on with Pacific domes, like an air chair, a couple other things. Like even we bought some of the thermos shield paint and some other things. Well, in the end, we're probably not, we didn't, not going to use any of that. So there's a few mm-hmm. thousand wasted there um, between adding taxes and shipping and all that we bought. I was, I was just so anxious to get started and stuff. I yeah. had my 0% interest, business credit card, all this. And I started <laughs> racking up Amazon. And then yeah. we ended up deciding to do, because I was in the Airbnb contest and I got to the top 200 and ended up uh-huh. uh, losing the mayor. But I, I came up with my design within that contest and we're, we're doing like a space NASA theme. Um, mm-hmm. And when we bought all the stuff at the beginning, it was more like glamping, like just other little, little stuff that we, we didn't think about. But now we have a whole different theme and, I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I racked up some stuff and I'm like, well, now I got glamping pillows and other stuff that I don't necessarily need. I was just so happy and yep. anxious to get started. And, yeah. like, oh, Amazon, you know, r- roll it out, Amazon, let's make it happen. So,
0: yeah, uh, those,
1: those are probably my three things that I would say is don't buy any, you know, the neighbor situation. Definitely do more research into that. You need to visit the site as often as you, you know, especially if it's on the market and you got a cool realtor or however you're doing it. Um. Try to visit the site at night. Try to visit the site on the weekend. Try to visit the site during the day. This is that is something that is that could really really hinder your thing between neighbors. Anyway, smells, sounds, all that thing. Site. I had to put up a fence too to cover up some of his, his junk cars that he left out. But that, okay, it, yeah. It, best, best five thousand I ever spent on a fence in my life. <laughs> it made it look so much better when I did it. Um. But it's just an expense I wasn't really thinking about because I didn't see mm-hmm. those cars deep in this pocket, and then my business partner saw them. And, she, you know, she absolutely was like, absolutely not. Like, we've got to cover those. And then, yeah. you know, this is one of those things that that the neighbors working with your county as much as you can and then don't overbuy so quickly. Get the essential thing yeah. you need. But all that other stuff, you can wait. I promise. I know you're anxious, but it can wait. I, I definitely give you'll save money and you'll thank me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A ton of things I bought early on went to waste. I had no place to store them because I bought my land just super raw. Um, I, I bought one of those cheap. um those cheap, like Harbor Freight, like pop-up tent style sheds. And the wind just absolutely disrespected it as fat. Like it was like, Hey, get this little thing out of here. And it just like a whole bunch of things went to waste and it, it was wild. That's funny. Cause I just bought, I just bought one of those and I was wondering how it's actually going to look.
1: Good uh, luck. Yeah. That, yeah. You, know, you might answer my question. So I might have to shell out a little more for a Home Depot shed or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. I would I would recommend the, uh, the steel sheds, the steel sheds. Um, but, you know, you might have a, 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 it might be a little different for you than for me. But another thing that I think you brought up that I wanted to go back on was how did you start communicating with the city and how mm-hmm. would you do it now? And what would you recommend? Because I think that's something that is scaring a lot of people. A lot of people are so frightened by it that they don't even try. No, absolutely. Um, so that's a long process in
1: itself how I even got to the county I'm in and the city I'm in. It wasn't by chance um that I ended up here. <clears throat> so, it goes back to me being a realtor luckily. So, if you don't have a, if you're not a realtor and you don't have a good realtor, I definitely suggest getting one. They're going to be free to you most likely on the buying side. Um they can be tremendous help and just be honest with them up front. Realtors get a bad rap, but a lot of them are really good and they have a lot of information especially in Texas, which is a non-disclosure state. We have a lot of information that you do not have. And I I promise that we can become worth it. Um, So with Mm -hmm. that information that I'm able to get, I have access to all these records, all types of things. I knew that I I found an unrestricted area. That was one thing that had no HOA. If you see an HOA, you should run as fast as possible because it's 99.9% not going to happen unless they have like a no deed restriction HOA, which there are a couple of them out there that you can have horses and um, if you, if usually if you see cattle and things like, like this actually was cattle land that I bought the guy, he sub- okay. subparceled off some, if you see cattle or something like that, there's a good chance that it's unrestricted, um, because those activities just aren't allowed in residential things. So figuring out that area is, is figure out what part of the, you know, where you're trying to do set up your site and then figuring out what are the unrestricted areas. You're also going to, there's probably a couple counties within, you know, the ones you're looking at. And this was a little more difficult because if I would have bought in a county over, I would have been, I probably not would have never been able to build this because they're way more stringent. It's still a pretty rural county, but I figured this out from I, I would reach out to some of the permitting department. I would go online, mm-hmm. type the county in. You know, I'm in San Jacinto County. I type in San Jacinto County permitting. It's most of these smaller counties like this they have a pretty basic site. There's usually only three or four people that work in the department. Reach out. You know, there'll probably be an email just send a simple email and tell them what you're trying to do and see their reaction. Cause a lot of times they're not going to understand it, but at yeah. least try to say, Hey, you know, inter- you know, be professional. My name's such and such. Uh, you know, I'm trying to build this. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about starting a, a, a glamping site, but you don't even have to use the word glamping. You could say luxury camping site, depending on what your end goal is. That's when you would, you would be upfront with them there. I'm trying to build a luxury yeah. camping site with a wedding venue on it or something like that. I'd love to bring this to your area you know, your beautiful area that, you know, bring in uh, tons of, you know, make them feel good about like I'm bringing in tons of tourists and and you don't have to say tax dollars verbatim, but, you know, mm-hmm. remind them like, Hey, I'm going to employ local people, things like that. This is what I'm trying to do. I can get architecture plans or if that's what you want to say, or, you know, depending on what route, if you're trying to just do tents, then you got to be upfront with it. You know, that's the only mm-hmm. way you'll get the answer you're looking for um, is tell them what you're doing. So I would, I would say, Hey, I'm trying to build a geodesic dome. Uh, I have plans, all that. The The head of the permitting department emailed me back. He said, you know, that's fine. We'll take a look at it. It was pretty simple, but it wasn't anything I, I could tell from his reaction that I was like, okay, this is, there's a chance that this could happen. I, I ca- started mm-hmm. calling some local, local contractors as well. And re and asking them saying, Hey, like home builders and saying, Hey, who, who, what County is easiest to get things permitted in? And I talked about gotcha. them- you quite a few different contractors and most of them with, or, you know, people that did wells or we talk to people that are in the area and just tell them what you're trying to do and say, Hey, like how easy, how hard is it to get a permit? And I heard from multiple ones, they were like, Oh, you know, this County, it's a lot easier to get a permit in just because there are different regulations is how, you know, myriad of different reasons I really don't want to get into it's easier to get mm-hmm. a permit in this area, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, that's from a lot of research talking with people and getting the realization from that. And also seeing, if there's any unique structures in those counties already, there was a yurt not far from here. I don't know if it's permitted or not. I have no clue. It does well oh. on Airbnb. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I see that that structure is on there. And so I at least know that because that, in my area, there's not too many unique structures like that. There's a there's a tree there's a small treehouse somewhere okay. and a couple of and, you know, there's a couple a frames, which, you know, a frames are well built. A frames are, you know, relatively easy, easier than some of these structures. Mm-hmm. Um so seeing that, I knew that I had a way better chance to get this done, working, working this route and going forward. I was once I started reaching out to the county, I really just started a dialogue. I was able to meet the county engine. Like I said, there's only three or four people that work in this department. The main person that does the 911 permits, who I was, she was really cool, had a lot of really good ideas randomly for me and worked with me well. Uh, when, once you start a dialogue, they kind of they she passed me on to the engineer uh, just to talk to him, he he, would, he just wanted. He was thought the dome was so cool, and he thought this, the plans were so cool. He just wanted to come out and see it when it was done. And I, I was telling mm-hmm. him the whole time, like, "Yep, I'm, I'm working on getting another site planned." All these things like that. They they kind of just took it one step at a time. And then once I got to my, you know, the dome is, is all uh, commercially permitted, everything now. Once I was going to the next one, the engineer introduced me to the county commissioner, which is kind of like the real shot caller of kind of all of it what what we're doing mm-hmm. with the roads and things like that because now it's a full commercial thing um you could pretty much reach out and a lot of these people they'll help you if you find it you type yeah. in whatever county you're looking in and just simply reach out and ask them like they don't have a ton of things going on especially in this kind of market at the second maybe last year when it was steaming hot for everything permits no matter what was mm-hmm. going on but this market's a lot slower at the moment so you're probably going to have a much pick up the phone, call them. And just tell people what you're trying to do, and and then talk to multiple counties and talk to multiple multiple people in the area, and it will give you a lot of clarity on what county will be able to like let you bring this type of idea in. And the more that you can, you know, show them the benefits to them as well. You know, I have to pay, you know, uh, H they call them H O T taxes, hotel occupancy taxes. Um, I'm you know, I use V I P packages with local restaurants and things like that. All those things like that, you can tell the county about how you're going to help. Benefit in all the types of ways just to bring clarity to the situation of, you know, you're not just tr- trying to come in and give some big money grab and yeah. do all this. Like, show how you're trying to really benefit the county and bring, you know, value to them as well. Cause they'll, that, that's what all they're trying to do. They're trying to bring value to the county. They want to show, like, hey, I did this during my, you know, cause these commissioners are elected at the same time in, in Texas. I don't, I honestly don't know if it works different in uh, different areas, but the commissioners over here are, are elected and so you know they want to show like hey i'm bringing in revenue all this that like it's politics
0: yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) cool yeah